0: Everybody's working with that time R. Good news and bad news for today's edition of Times R. Is here on the Athletic. The bad news, I mean, depending on who you are, probably for you, the bad news is that Seth Kaiser is not here with myself, Joshua Briscoe, and Nate Taylor, who you'll hear momentarily. But I like to think that we're offsetting it, Nate, because we're back in that morning voice energy. We're back doing those morning Times R. Episodes, and also what this means. Is we're into a week town, baby. Yeah. Times ours twice a week because the season's here. Good morning, even if you're listening to this, perhaps with lunch or driving home on your commute. For me and Nate, and for Danielle, it's about that morning podcast energy. Mm-hmm.
1: Got that nice coffee. Looking at a looking at an eighty man roster that's going to be trimmed here mm. shortly, and mm. uh, it it's we're in this great time where we have no preseason games there are no more training camp practices Mm -mm. but they're starting to look at film with the houston texans y'all they're Mm. they're starting to look at it they're starting to
0: look at texans film
1: starting to look at that starting to look at that 80-man roster and where that bad boy could be uh in a couple days time uh yeah this is this is a morning edition i am watching the sunrise uh, wherever you are, uh, dear listener, but I, I just know that somewhere, our lovely friend Seth Kaiser is going through legal documents and is wondering <laughs> why, in God's name, he can't talk about the backup, you know, tackle. Um, why right. can he talk about the the fifth and perhaps sixth linebacker on this roster? uh I, I i i hear him i hear i i feel his presence as i say uh in star wars so you know uh we'll carry on with him uh i think our man'll be back on on a on a, oh, lo- a lovey Friday, we're gonna get Seth back.
0: We're gonna get yeah. him back. Right, maybe, may, hopefully, it's Friday. Maybe it's before, sometime before the Texans game. We're gonna get Seth back, and hopefully, we can get him in for this morning podcast energy. Where for for breakfast this morning, I took a look at the eighty man roster. I had a bowl full of cigarettes for breakfast with a little bit of milk, and just try to get that morning voice and that morning energy just right. You sir are a professional <laughs> broadcaster. I can't feel anything. My throat's gone completely numb, <laughs> but I'm—I've got this register back in for my morning podcast voice. I'm out of coffee though, because uh, this is great. Most people don't know this, but it's—it's it's, for me. It's a real one cup of coffee to one eaten cigarette combo. It's you got—you gotta have a full cup of Joe to wash it down. Anyway, I'm glad that without Seth here, we finally the show finally got serious. I, he really was getting in our way this entire time. Here's what we'll talk about, uh, morning energy or otherwise. We got news from the Chiefs late last night, not about the Chiefs. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, uh, dear listener, maybe maybe there will be official news from the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe not, but it sounds like Andy Reid and Brett Veach are both very likely to be here for a very long time. Plus, as Nate said, camp is over. We're in Texans prep but we've also uh, gotten some may- maybe no no bleeps from Danielle today whenever Nate says names because some of that's a little more out there now and-, and I think I think Nate'll give you Nate'll give you a little balance of here's some things you may have seen here's some things that uh, maybe you could have seen if you had eagle eyes and x-ray vision but I saw cuz I was at practice and uh, we'll we'll also look ahead a little bit to what that roster might look like. I know Nate's uh, roster prediction projection. Excuse me, projection. Yes, isn't out. We, until, we don't uh, say the prediction uh, word because people get not, very no. very heated, and I understand that. <laughs> P- predicting nothing but projecting things. I mean, we might we might get a little taste of where that's going. Plus, um, there's been some interesting stuff from from players. We we've heard from. I think we talked about Mark Donovan a little bit last episode, but we've heard from Clark Hunt over the weekend. And uh there's just a handful of interesting things. Plus, like, I've I've I have a specific position group that will not surprise anyone that I want to talk about, but that I, I think we've got a couple little interesting, maybe uh maybe very small developments around that I'm that I'm intrigued by that some stuff we didn't get to last episode, some stuff that we hopefully will get to here today. Uh, but that's the that's the plan, and as always, you can follow all of us on Twitter. By at by Nate Taylor at Real MN Chiefs fan even though he's not here I'm at JB Briscoe, uh, let's do this episode Seth free let's have our let's have our, our uh, kid tested mother approved Seth free episode of times ours. And we're, Nate I think we I think we have to start with the the obvious news from from yesterday mm-hmm. where the report comes out that Andy Reid and Brett Veach are getting locked up through 2025. I think Tom Pelissero was on that first and the. Uh, the 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 wording of it was kind of interesting because it was i think he used the phrase 6 year contract and yep. i i am absolutely confident that, that Brett Veach and Andy Reid were not teetering on the line of free agency right now. In fact, <laughs> I know Andy Reid, Andy Reid got extended not terribly long ago. Brett Veach is still relatively fresh. So I'm guessing on with, with that wording, if that wording is precisely accurate, that what that means is that Brett Veach and Andy Reid also are getting a raise probably officially today. Yes.
1: Um, you are a
0: wise gentleman, uh, Juan Joshua Briscoe.
1: <laughs> The This is essentially saying, okay, what's on the books now? Yeah, scrap that. Uh, shred mm-hmm. it. Uh, put a mm-hmm. blowtorch to it. Um, and <laughs> lock the door. Don't let them out. Let's crush through these hard numbers real quick. Let's get through the I's. There's the T's. There's the little asterisks. All right, boys, let's sign it. I mean, like that's, <laughs> that's what it's going to be either today or tomorrow. They're going through basically like the finalization of uh, the mm-hmm. deals but my understanding was yes um, Brett and Andy had a contract this year and next year and basically you're just scrapping that and putting uh, your new deal in place for this season through the 2025 season um, it's a no brainer um, Clark Hunt kind of alluded to this on Saturday at the end of mm-hmm. training camp uh, he was asked more about Brett Veach but the idea was that he um, He kind of snickered. And again, Clark Hunt never snickers, kids. But, like, (laughs) he kind of snickered and was like, I'm pretty sure Brett's going to be here for a long, long time. Which, by the way, he doesn't repeat words either um, in his, Mm -hmm. like, normal, you know, speech patterns. Like, he doesn't say uh, these, these type of things. So, when he said long, long time, it was basically like, I mean, yeah, like... You don't know this, or maybe you do, which is why you're asking the question. But like that contract mm-hmm. is getting, he's like, it's 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 gonna happen. It's done. Um, it's just one domino after another. It's kind of the the visual idea I had when going through this last time. But a couple people, it's just like okay, like obviously the big domino was Patrick's deal. Um, and before that, to kind of like start the the domino effect was getting the new CBA. Uh you know, sort of approved, like people will forget that Mm -hmm. and how favorable that was to the chiefs. (laughs) Like yeah, some teams, it was like, I mean, if we get a new CBA, cool. If we don't, uh, I don't mind that. I don't mind, you know, looking at back on it a year from now when like, who knows where we are as, as a world, as a country, uh, from a health standpoint, but getting, getting the CBA approved and having Clark Hunt be the head of the finance committee, those mm-hmm. two things led to obviously, do, you know, the big domino of Patrick's mega contract, and then that led to, you know, once Sammy knew that that was kind of in the air, he obviously restructured. Chris Jones is now here. Travis Kelsey's like, can I get some of that? Um, mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> You're like,
0: yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, here, <laughs> you, here you go. go.
1: It's on it's a monopoly money, <laughs> sure. And so now it's gotten to both, you know, Andy and Brett, and it just it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Clark Hunt's like, wow, this is the group that's won me my first championship as the, you know, major prime primary owner of the team. Uh why would I ever mm-hmm. let any of these dudes walk <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or be available? Um and so it, it's smart business. Uh I think for Brett, um I can't re- I, I'll look this up while we're talking, but I don't I can't remember what the highest paid general manager salary is or whatever, like on a per annual basis. But I think Brett is now going to reach that upper echelon, if that makes sense.
0: Yo, yeah. Andy was yeah, already making,
1: sense. Andy was already making like top dollar Um, when he, yeah. when he signed his extension or whatever. So he'll stay in line with like, I don't know, one of the top five coaches in the league. But I think Brett will now enter mm-hmm. sort of that same echelon, that same sort of rare air Um, from a solid standpoint. If, if everything that I'm hearing so far uh, is indeed the case when everything is signed, you know, pinned to
0: paper. And and I imagine some people are wondering also, just to make this real clear, this is the type of money that you as a fan don't have to worry about literally at all. This is Clark Hunt's money, and it doesn't affect the salary cap. Nope. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about it. Steve Spagnuolo could be making twenty million dollars a year. Also, it would not affect <laughs> your day to day life in any way whatsoever. Right. Like paying Andy Reid, pay, paying uh, paying Brett Veach. Paying the assistant coaches, whatever That's that is the uncapped market of the NFL, and the the Chiefs locking those guys up. If Clark Hunt has the cash on hand, now I am starting to get worried that his card is about to get declined somewhere. <laughs> but if he still has the cash on hand, this is nothing but good news.
1: Uh, I mean, no, no. Clark Hunt went to <laughs> went to the creditor, almost like. Yeah, I'm going to need an extendo. Like, immediately. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm going to need an extendo, and I'm going to need, like... Some time on uh, on on paybacks. <laughs>
0: <talking> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that payment day? Let's push that back. <laughs> but let's go ahead. Can I can I consolidate? Is that a thing that people do? What is that even? <laughs> I don't. I've never had to worry about that before. Um, oh. I'd like to. Yeah, I need I need some more time. Can I get a second? Can I get a second card, please? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, that that locked in. Now, obviously, there are a couple things outside of that that I think are interesting. Kind of sort of sub stories of that deal getting worked because look there's there's not a piece of analysis or a take that either of us can provide on Andy Reid and Brett Veach being here for 2025 other than make sense sounds good like that's the entire <laughs> that's the column the column is make sense sound sounds good but I think there are a bunch of kind of secondary stories there that are really interesting one of which if we kind of step back farther this kind of starting with Brett Veach Andy Reid and John Dorsey came in together And things were good, like things were going well. It was much better than than the Chiefs were doing before that era. I think retroactively, uh, John Dorsey ends up like being known as the guy who like bleeped up the cap and really like he gave some big deals a little bit too late to guys who got hurt. You know, I mean that he he was he was as unlucky as he was imperfect and the, the roster improved dramatically. The team was really good. They had really good drafts. But for whatever reason, it didn't work, and and obviously, I'm I'm speculating. And so, you can either uh, give give yourself this cover if you want, Nate, or you can tell me if there's anything I'm missing. But there there was there was speculatively here some amount of tension between the two of them. I don't I don't know if it was there've been some reports here and there of it being like a credit thing and like a, a, a maybe ego getting in the way or or whatever. And whatever it was that fell apart there, Andy Reid is the guy that stayed was obviously the guy to keep. If yep. if, if that duo needed to break mm-hmm. Dorsey leaves mm-hmm. and, and he's act, he's running his own issues again, but th- there, there was something that didn't work there balance wise, even though the team was working out pretty well, A- as if we had any doubt to this point, Andy Reed and Brett Veach are the duo that you're looking for. The, and that Andy Reed was clearly looking for, uh, I would I would speculate again. Brett Veach is a guy that Andy Reid could absolutely have. If he could sign his extension today, and if Andy Reid walked into Clark Hunt's office tomorrow and said, "You got to get rid of Brett," like Clark would have, like that would probably happen. Uh, but but clearly, like Andy Reid has the has has top dog status in yep. the organization. Yep. But I I take it that he is very happy with the, the work Brett Veach has done, obviously. And I think Andy Reid is very happy with the way that, that the jobs have been delegated out after what he learned about not really wanting full power when he was in Philadelphia. Um, certainly, though, this is a great sign that, that the two of them are both very happy with, with how this arrangement has gone over the last couple of years. Is that a fair read to you? Yeah,
1: I, I think you you really put a nice summary to it all Um, because there are— some things that I think about in terms of the wording that is used from uh the top people at Arrowhead, uh at, at mm-hmm. you know, at the facility. So to, to to like further deepen your point, uh, Josh, I think John Dorsey came with Andy Reed to the Chiefs in two thousand thirteen. But the first mm-hmm. hire that Clark Hunt made, and the only one that mattered, in his mind, and I think Clark was right, was like I can't let Andy Reid leave to go really talk with the Arizona Cardinals. Like we can't, we can't mm-hmm. have that. Like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. like if if Clark Hunt kind of had to show up, and this is a drama. This is, just, this is just, this is just drama, people. This is just for comedic purposes. But really, Clark Hunt kind of came out with a with a SWAT team. It basically been like <laughs> you can't leave. Like, like, like I'm like I'm sorry, but like. I know, I know things, in a, you know, obviously it was time for things to sort of move on in Philly, and it worked out for both parties, both Andy and the, and the Eagles with Jeffrey Loria, but Clark Hunt was just like, dude, I can't let you get on that plane to Arizona. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so mm-hmm. so that was the most important hire, and so that's where you start this entire thing. Now, John Dorsey has an incredible resume in terms of being a football talent evaluator, particularly in the draft, mm-hmm. in understanding how to roster build, which is why Andy Reid mm-hmm. – really uh, enjoys, you know, I think, John Dorsey's football mind. The problem is, and as I've written in the past, was, you know, there are two words that are really put to the table whenever I discuss these these sort of issues or these topics, is that not only was it the salary cap and maybe giving out big money too late and not having the return on the investment, but it was also like the organization felt that like with the front office being – disorganized with John Dorsey like Mm. I can't tell you exactly what that means because I wasn't here covering the team on a day to day Mm -hmm. basis but like the word Mm. that always came out was like just disorganization not even like differences of philosophy but like were they really doing everything possible to be a to be a top level front office with with John as its Mm. leader Mm -hmm. now you could also say that with the idea that the team still had Brett Veach It still had Chris Ballard, and it still had Mike Berganzi. Oh, yeah. These are guys Mm -hmm. who are really good at their jobs. Um, Mike Berganzi will probably be an NFL general manager in the next two to three years somewhere else. Um, Yeah. You know, Chris Ballard did leave once it became clear Mm -hmm. that the job was kind of being groomed for young Brad Veach, um, Mm -hmm. who, when he got the job, was the youngest general manager at the time. Anything that Clark and... Andy say about Brett is two words. It is relentlessness because the dude will literally look at anything and will make calls. Like he made calls. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm giving away any secrets here, but the Chiefs, maybe not Brett himself, but the Chiefs made calls about Logan Ryan, who interestingly mm-hmm. made a decision to sign a one year deal with the Giants. Now, mm-hmm. there are some Chiefs fans who will say, well, there's an issue at cornerback, which I tend to agree with because, you know, Bashar Breland ain't playing the first four games. But, right, it was clear that, like, once those conversations got to a certain point, it probably wasn't going to work for either side. And so that's why Logan Ryan goes to the Giants. The, the, the interesting thing for the Chiefs is they gained information. They sought out and pursued that player and tried to see how that player could best fit their system or their culture or their locker room, you know, whatever sort of words you mm-hmm. want to insert there and realize that it just, it just wasn't going to work, not just for cap reasons or whatever, but like taking into account everything. And that leads me to the second word that is used a lot of times, both from Clark Hunt's standpoint is like thoroughness, like the idea Mm. that the chiefs are a thorough, well-run like operation where Brett empowers people to take care of their own specific, you know, uh, expertise, their own specific categories of how to like operate the front office. Um, It's clearly words that are night and day. (laughs) You know, Andy Mm -hmm. is like, I just love Brett, that he will consider anything and everything, which is why half this team is built up the way it is. And, you know, Clark being very much like, I don't feel like we make any mistakes, or we make very few mistakes now compared to what we did with Dorsey, where maybe because of disorganization, maybe because of indifference, maybe because of whatever, we we couldn't pounce on the opportunities that were available to us. You know, when we look back on them in hindsight. So that's, that's how all of this is sort of framed, I guess, in Arrowhead or at the Chiefs mm-hmm. facility. So, yeah, to your point, um Brett hasn't really made a mistake that is like clearly glaring. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I look back on his biggest mistake right now being Breland Speaks, and it's not even his mm-hmm. fault. It's not even Breland Speaks' mm-hmm. his fault. It's mostly because mm-hmm. football players get hurt, and he was put in a bad situation with a defense that was not suited for him, as we've mentioned before with Bob Sutton. And, yep. you know, that if that's Brett Veach's biggest mistake, and, again, that mistake can become maybe a positive this year if Breland gets some snaps on the field this year, uh, then – yeah, you want to reward the success that has been given, and so I think I think that's how Clark Hunt is looking at this, where um, he is a quiet owner, but he's gotten more and more and more involved in understanding how everything is being operated, and with Andy being the ch- clear chain of command, chief of staff, commander in chief, whatever word you want to give, like top. If, mm-hmm. if Andy Reid is a general. In a lot of ways, you know, Brett Veach has been very willing to say, no, I serve him. Like, I don't Mm – this isn't like, you know, the general manager works either, you know, ostensibly in his own world and then it comes and gets connected to the head coach at some point, whether it's the draft or, like, Mm -hmm. training camp around this time. Um, Brett Veach has been very clear about, like, no, I found the best quarterback in the world because I was working for Andy Reid and – this is yeah. this is what this is what makes us successful. Me working for him versus like us either being on the same plane or him, you know, maybe being subservient to me. Like that's not the case. That's never how it's been in our relationship. I've written about that before, but all of this works, and so there's no reason for it to 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 not continue.
0: I and I think technically, I think they they both report. To Clark. They, they, yes, um, they
1: individually report to Clark Hunt. the The issue right. with that is, and I've, I've pushed this back on a couple guys. I'm like, but that's not. I mean, that's true. But like, right before they ever report to Clark, they've clearly, like Brett and Andy, have clearly talked, so they they can right. provide a unified, right. you know, sort of discussion or decision to Clark, so that Clark can be as informed as possible to then bring back his decisions as to what he feels like both men should be doing. So it's, it's not like, all right, I have one meeting with red <laughs> and then I close right. the door and I have one meeting with Andy. It's, it's right.
0: It structurally, like from a hierarchy standpoint, it's kind of built that way, but it's really not. And I, and I think the, the thing that I kind of go through and, and that I think, again, that I think everyone is happy with, obviously you know, the, the contract certainly indicates everyone's happy with this, but I I really believe that there's a lot of stuff that Andy Reid does not want to bother himself with, and if if he think you know, if I I really believe that if Brett Veach thinks that they should sign uh whatever Antonio Hamilton and not Prince Amukamara, just literally two names I've written down, right. to Eventually talk about today. So this, this might be it. But if he's – if, if if you know if Prince Amukamara hits the market and Brett Veach sticks his head in Andy Reid's office. says, yeah, I don't think so. I'd rather have Antonio. I think Andy goes, cool. All right, yeah, and, and Dave is thrilled with that probably. Yep, and Spags, yeah, I think he's good too. All right, cool. But also, if Andy Reid wants to make that call, call any shot, either I'd like this man to leave this team or I would like you to go get this guy who just became available, Yay. then Brett's going to do that. Like, I, I just think, again, all the hierarchy stuff I think is kind of interesting just because it is it is at least some amount of – non-traditional in everything but it just seems like a genuinely like healthy work environment where Andy Reid can order a code red or he can he can I don't know what the opposite of ordering a code red would be and even whatever it would mean Andy Reid could absolutely order or veto a code red but but he's happy to let Brett Veach actually execute those I think in in most instances which if we want to to pivot more to Andy Reid now I think let's Andy Reid do what he wants. I mean, every time he gets asked about, you know, how much longer are you going to coach? And now we have a very good indication that the answer is at least through 2025. Whenever you look at what Andy Reid is able to do right now, I've I've been distracted by the coach, his assistant coaching staff, which we might circle back to. But at the very least, it seems like he's able to hone in on what he wants to do. And every time he gets asked about how much longer do you want to coach, he says, "Well, I'm still having fun. I'm going to do it when I am not having fun anymore. If if that happens, I'll retire." Yeah, the dude is still making an offense for Patrick Mahomes with crazy weapons. I imagine it's a mix of plays he's had in a in a secret, you know, uh, padlocked box somewhere under his bed for 15 <laughs> years. He goes, man, if I ever have a superhero quarterback, I'd love to try this stuff. But also, like, it's got to be such a fun time for him as an innovator to, to think like, okay, how can I maximize uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and then, you know, other secondary options like Sammy Watkins and uh, and Nicole Hardman yep. and Demarcus Robinson, and also we've drafted uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire now. Like, I, I just I think Andy Reid's and all almost certainly having the most fun he's had from an offensive perspective in his career. And it seems like he has pr- almost certainly built around him in a way that lets him do what he enjoys being the offensive innovation stuff and then also teaching the assistants around him.
1: Yeah. And it's it's great for him because he sees really no weaknesses of the people he's working with, right? Um, I say yeah. this all the time. Think about who you work with. God bless us that we have Danielle, <laughs> that I have, <laughs> that I have Josh Such a good point. as the host, and that Seth will always reference uh, both biblically and. Um, <laughs> Questionable parenting for this show. So, yes. like, you know, I look around and I enjoy the people I work with. Same at The Athletic. Same yeah. with our, you know, our editor, Brendan. Um, you know, there, there's so many uh, good things that, like, you can bring to the table individually. But ultimately, we all have to kind of rely on one another. And I think for Andy, yeah. so much of this is just, like, not necessarily pinching himself. Because he's obviously knows what it takes to build... Uh, a championship culture, a championship team, but the idea of like, I mean, Clark Hunt kind of said that like we were legitimately stunned that no team hired Eric Bieniemy. Can you imagine how happy yeah. that makes Andy Reid? Like yeah. for at least one more year, they can really dig into the weeds and like, like you mentioned, find some diamond from like somewhere that like nowhere, no one else is looking. Uh, you know, whether that's the Rose Bowl play or whether that's something that. Um, We've yet to see, you know, for this upcoming season. But a lot of this is, you know, so much reverence is given to Andy in that building. And rightfully Mm -hmm. so. But it helps that the owner, you know, took him and gave him faith at a time when, you know, his career was at a pivotal moment. I mean, he had just been fired. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. He has found a quarterback with Brett Veach's help and the quarterback since that day has essentially been like I don't want to do this without you. I like I really don't. Like mm-hmm. I like Brett mm-hmm. like Brett would tell like I'm going I'm going to give a little bit of info here but like Brett would tell Clark this is our idea for the Patrick Mahomes contract. And then Clark, again, as the head of the finance committee, understanding where the league is going, TV contracts, all that type of stuff, salary cap, would say, "Okay, hmm, interesting. Uh can we add more years to it <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and so Brett would go to Andy and say here's kind of like here, here's something that like you know Clark is considering I'm considering we got to take it to Lee and, and Chris uh, Patrick's agents it would be pushed over to Patrick Patrick would look at it and then Patrick would basically said uh Andy are you, you you gonna be around right like if I like mm-hmm. like you know we can't all none of us know exactly what the future is i.e. coronavirus but um Mm -hmm. you're gonna be around right and then Andy says yes and then like it all kind of you know comes together uh yeah so the quarterback is like why would I ever play football at this level without this dude because he's so good at it and it immediately uh enhances my own like otherworldly talents and so Mm -hmm. everywhere Andy looks it's It's like a dream scenario for a football coach. And even for me as a reporter, it's hard for me to like comprehend that because I look at my other friends who cover other teams in this league and it's Mm -hmm. more normal. This is not normal. Like, I mean, they really have some Warriors vibes to them in terms of like comparing like Mm. NFL to NBA, where, Mm -hmm. you know, one decision kind of changes everything for Steve Kerr. Like, I'm, I'm kind of losing track here, but like Steve Kerr had two options. Uh, here are two really good shooters and a guy that like mm-hmm. may develop into something in Draymond Green, or you could coach the New York Knicks. Yeah. And he was like, I mean, I love Phil Jackson, but like, why would I do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. and so and so the team was kind of already in place. Uh, the Warriors drafted well, they managed their cap, they got Kevin Durant of all people mm-hmm. and it just like for a five year period, it's like this, like, you can't create this in like NBA 2K, <laughs> let alone like it's yeah. happening in real life. And I think for Andy, it's very much the same where oh my god, like do we just, do we just bamboozle the Buffalo Bills? Like,
0: yeah. do they not know what we're doing?
1: Don't the Bills need a quarterback?
0: Oh, my God. Like, they're just, like, like the
1: absolute stunning nature. And I make fun of Bill O'Brien. He's a fine coach. I mean, I guess. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's okay. I mean, it's, it it's fine, I guess. I mean, shout out to him. At least he's like, hey, if my players kneel, I'm a kneel. I mean, like, do your thing, man. Um, be, be be a positive in our unquestionably weird times. But, like, you know Bill O'Brien's okay he's not Matt Patricia like I can say that like right. like so like right. I guess in like the hierarchy I, I make fun of Bill O'Brien I know Matt Patricia he
0: didn't draft Leonard Fournette instead of taking either one of those quarterbacks holy he least- smokes one of
1: those quarterbacks holy smokes you're so right but like I feel like in recent weeks or months I've forgotten about the bills and the idea that like yeah they're
0: relying I mean
1: I find Josh Allen to be marvelous to watch on Sundays. Yes. Like,
0: oh, yes. Go- From complete in an emotionally unattached. Yeah. Way.
1: Go to game pass kids. Subscribe to NFL game pass. Just to look at this dude's tape. It is, it is yeah. amazing. It's like, it's not Michael Vick, but it's like, it's got very, it, it just reminds me of like, Holy smokes. That was good. And like, Oh no, son! What are you doing? Yes, yes. <laughs> and they could have had Patrick Mahomes. The, the whole point I'm saying Damn. is just like this is not reality, while it also is reality. Because again, I just talked to other reporters, and I see how the league, the 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 way the league is masterfully structured for conflict, and the fact that the Chiefs mm-hmm. literally have no conflict. It's
0: wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the two other, two other things that I wanted to at least touch on it within all of that. One is in the consistency of the coaching staff, but also like the quality of it. Um, I just have like the, the, the chief's coaches roster up on my computer right now. Dave Tobe's the assistant head coach. I don't know if he wants to go be like a for real head coach somewhere else, or if he likes being that dude with Andy Reid. but whatever, he's got that right now. And of course he, he runs special teams. I don't think Andy Reid spends much time thinking about special teams at all. Eric Bieniemy is going to be a head coach next year. I actually believe it. This time, I'm saying it confidently. Spags has been a head coach, and if you give him another couple of years of making this defense look good, he'll probably be one again. Dylan McCullough sounds like an offensive coordinator right now. Yep. Uh, running backs coaches in Andy Reid's offense can go be the OC because the guy who's doing it now is about to go be a head coach he's going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. We were talking about this on uh, on 810 last night and uh and and Rudy Salazar producer extraordinary yeah. said honestly whenever Eric Bieniemy leaves if Mike Kafka's going to get the OC job in in Kansas City uh Bieniemy might just take McColl with him. And I was like, yeah, that's a great point. He probably should. Like that would make a ton of sense, I think. Um so you have, you have demons. I think Ian's going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. Mike Kafka is probably the next offensive coordinator when enemy leaves, just based off how often he gets mentioned in the game plan discussions from Patrick Mahomes, where he talks about it being, um, Reed and BNME and Kafka. Usually that's the reason that I would give him probably the leg up on McCullough at this point. Yep. Cause he works directly with Patrick Mahomes. Brendan Daly, I thought was, was on a defensive coordinator track before he got here with new England, but all of that got kind of weird He's probably going to be a defensive coordinator at some point. Matt House was going to be a, a college head coach somewhere. Yeah. Probably soon. Yep. He's the linebackers coach now. Dave Merritt has a ton of uh, of coaching experience. He he might be a DC at some point. Sam Madison just got here. Like, he, he just started coaching. He played in the league for a long time, but he just started coaching. He sounds like a defensive coordinator whenever he talks. Like, and there, there are guys that I'm just, like, leaving off where – if you scroll through this page, there are some I mean, there are some quality control coaches. I, I don't I don't know anything about, you know, what, what is what does an offensive quality control coach do? I don't know, but I bet he's gonna get a job with a better <laughs> title in a little while. Cause he's been controlling offensive quality in Andy Reid's offense for a minute. Um I, yeah, I, what is what does a passing game analyst slash assistant quarterbacks coach do? Get a head coaching job in ten years. Like less. That's what he probably does. If you scroll through this coaching roster, I, I don't know how many of these faces are going to be different a year from now, or at least in different positions, because it seems like it could be a ton of them. And and who teaches all the wide receivers to play all
1: three wide receiver spots like the moment they get here? Yeah, I skipped and who I, who, skipped who, who, who developed Tyreek Hill from scat back to full-fledged yeah. demigod at receiver? Like, Yep. Yep. So, I mean, hey. You know. Um, yeah, it's 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 impressive. You know, and again and Clark Hunt, because again, folks, this is not capped. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, Greg. Greg, who 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 called you? For what? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Uh
1: we trying to run it back, sir. Um <laughs> here's a bushel of money. Don't tell anybody what it yeah.
0: is. Yep.
1: Keep don't don't put the house up. Don't don't put it up. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> oh oh oh. Uh. Hmm. Okay. I mean, look, Eric. I know you want to be a head coach. <laughs> don't go coach the New York Giants. Don't do that. Mm-mm. Don't, do don't, that. You you don't don't you don't even consider Carolina. Are you
0: no, no no? That's a mess. Don't go do that.
1: If they're not going to offer stay you what beach. you want, if that if they're not going to empower you, then just stay here and. I will continue to squeeze and twist the arms of actual good NFL owners a year from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we'll and we'll figure this out. We'll just we'll just figure this out. Keep making sure we score 30 a game though. Oh um, like, Yep. Yeah. I mean again, these none of these things have to be financially managed or truncated. Nope. You could just give away. Uh so yeah, I mean it's
0: it's an impressive staff for sure. And it also lets Andy Reid, I think, whatever focus on he wa- on what he wants. Yep. If if he doesn't want to worry about the tight ends for whatever reason, I think he knows Tom Melvin is going to continue doing a good job with it. like that's <laughs> sort of Andy Heck on the offensive line. Yep. Andy Reid is is perfectly qualified to go teach offensive linemen one on one if he wanted to, and I know he doesn't have to because he he trusts the guys that he has around him, which I think is. Um, incredibly important. Last thing on Andy Reid, he's 62 years old. This contract takes him through six more years. At the end of that, he'll be 68 years old. That's the same age that Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll are right now. Andy Reid could actually like coach through Patrick Mahomes' entire extension and I would not be totally shocked. Like I would probably take the under on 12, but I think I would take the over on six, which is wild, but like he's not that old. I know he reminds you of your grandpa. I know he's got a mustache. He's not 80, <laughs> He's 62. Yep, he's got some gas in the tank still. Yep, and and uh, he wants to have more chess
1: matches with Bill Belichick. I mean, this is ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, in terms of like coaches in the AFC, who does Andy Reid like competing against from like a schematic uh, X's and O's standpoint? It's Mike Tomlin, it's Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. and I really think he's starting to really enjoy the battles between he and Anthony Lynn with the Chargers. Again, like I've mentioned before, the Chargers mm. are the team that has. Been most competitive in the ramshacked AFC West of late, but like the yeah. Chargers have had chances to beat the Chiefs um, multiple times in the last two years, basically since Patrick Mahomes has been uh, the starting quarterback. So Anthony Lynn's a good coach, I think. I think Andy just likes competing, and the understanding that like, hey, there's still coaches that will challenge him
0: um, within the AFC. We'll see what Mike Vrabel does down in Tennessee as well. Yeah, I was thinking about Vrabel. Like, there's, there's also like, there's some interesting guys who haven't done it yet who've, who've been promising, like Vrabel. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then guys like Bill O'Brien, he might just dunk on for ten years. <sighs> just twenty-four <24-0, laughs> nothing, and Andy was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna score fifty now."
1: <laughs> yeah, it so did good. it.
0: It actually did it. <sighs> just... I don't. Uh, I felt like I was gonna get really close to a good segue on being like, "Yeah, Andy Reid." And Andy Reid really shaved that lead down with against the Texans. And I don't I don't have a better segue than what's written down here because it's Manscaped time. Stop messing around. Get your long term deals locked up. Make sure you're (laughs) secure through 2025. (laughs) Do I know what that means? Not completely. It doesn't matter, baby. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this line the whole way through without breaking. Here we go. Fantasy football draft season's upon us. Due to quarantine, it's very possible that you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. I read that sentence with a smile on my face, but with a straight face, and I love it. And the fact that the people at Manscaped have gotten this good at writing copy means that I feel confident in saying they're a good company, because they've got good advertising people. Um... I, I muted myself and, and enjoyed it the entire time. <laughs> That's fine. I'm okay with that. If you listen. If you do, you have any any questions, Nate? Are you anything you like to learn learn more about uh, vis-a-vis Manscaped? Any questions, concerns, thoughts that I can help? Maybe I could assuage some fears here. I, I look as long as I'm able
1: to maintain um, pristine excellence while mm. creating a path towards. Um, Towards true prosperity, uh, yeah. They call it pay dirt.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they can't. They can no longer call it pay dirt.
1: <laughs> they call it pay dirt for a reason. I, I and I'm just, it. I'm just trying to look. No offense to Ezekiel Elliott, but like you know, a particular person uh, who might be your significant other. Um may they want to may want to find a a, a better solution. So yeah, I, you know, I just think like I mentioned earlier, um when you get in the pay dirt area, you you have handled business. I hate that. So let's I hate the pay dirt. So let's yeah, let's find a way so to get more into pay dirt. Let's integrate pay dirt with <laughs>
0: Manscaped, is all I'm saying. Mute your mic again. I'll tell you that if you would like a tool to help, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say the word pager anymore. I'm done. The lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. It's as safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. And because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, skin safe is trademarked. I know that I'm telling you, this is a good company. They got they, they thought all of this through. And because of their skin safe technology, nicks and snags will be reduced it's the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarterback. Also, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and has an LED light on it. So you're making sure you got full. Don't even worry about it. Don't even trip. You've you have full focus ability here. You are going to be able to, to perfectly. You're, you're not gonna miss a spot. You're gonna be all good here. And. I'm not going to say it's even got to be all particularly pager related. Maybe you're just saying, you know what? I'm a little bit tired of having this, this particular amount of, uh, armpit hair. I'm going to try to trim that down a little bit and just see how that, how that changes my life. And it may change your life. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is a perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. And here's what we can offer to you for a limited time. Subscribers get not one. But two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs, and you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20, all one word, all lowercase, two zero at the end, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com, 20% off Free shipping, manscaped.com and use the code The Athletic Twenty. It's time to boost your hygiene with the and be absolute besties with Manscaped. Get to pay dirt. That part is Nate's official line and not Manscaped. All, all I'm saying is, Josh, when you
1: when you successfully read such a innovative and complex ad read, it when you finished it, it was like, you know, just close your eyes and imagine the player. With the ball in his hands, reaching pay dirt, getting on one knee, kissing his fingers to the
0: sky, bowing his head, and thanking the good (laughs) Lord for such success. I'm going to pitch a new tagline real quick for him here. Manscaped, spike your balls. What? No, that's no (laughs) good. We'll now take a quick break to hear about one of the Athletics' newest shows. This is The Athletic Football Show. I think every football season's a big challenge in one way or another. Introducing The Athletic Football Show, an all-new podcast with me, Robert Mays, and a team of world-class NFL writers and analysts. We'll feature expert guests and our plugged-in beat writers from around the league.
1: What Patrick Mahomes did in the last nine minutes is just absurd. You can subscribe now to The Athletic Football Show on Apple
0: Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast provider of your choice. And stay with us all season long as The Athletic brings you what matters most in today's NFL. All right, Nate. Well, whenever we were planning on doing this show today, we didn't even know we were going to have that as our first 40 minutes of talking about Andy Reid and, and Brett Veach and everything. We do know that camp is officially over. We got a, a, one more public day there on Saturday. They raised a flag, not the banner, but a championship flag trying to get the maximum amount of celebration yep. out of the Super Bowl. But but what did you see in that last day also you know open stadium got some fans in there so I'm, danielle does not have to do her magic to try to protect your career at this point if you'd like to share any inside information danielle you're welcome <laughs> yeah also Best news sitting ovation sitting ovation for what you that. pulled off last time and also uh you're we set you free now lovely ladies and gentlemen go to a website called youtube.com uh okay all right, good let's do this youtube.com find
1: the chief's official uh youtube page and yeah. and just just look at the recent videos that they've that they have uploaded to said website and you're gonna find an hour and 30 minutes of a public practice that was shown to you in real time with 11 on 11 on the field now the guys were in shelves there were no there were no pads there was no tackling but you could see the personnel groups so here we go kids. Um let's go cook them up. Shout out to the fans because it rained and because you know um both uh quality acknowledgement from the franchise fans did a much better job wearing their masks. Uh everybody was still socially distanced. There were fans in all three decks or all three levels I guess of the stadium. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what happens uh Sunday night when like we or excuse me Thursday night when we go uh when we go really on live with the Houston Texans in town. Uh the team did put in some uh really annoying crowd noise (laughs) they kind of pump that in Mm -hmm. there at certain times so again Mm -hmm. keep a lookout for that on opening night now what do you want to know josh briscoe
0: (laughs) i want you to finally say for the first time on this podcast the starting offensive line from left to right oh let's do it
1: starting at left tackle
0: of course you know who
1: this human being is it's eric fisher um Better than Boom. better than probably what you realize. Um, you know what is fascinating to me in a lot of this is sort of the idea that you know for right now Andrew Wiley is uh, gonna be at right guard with Mitchell Schwartz as right tackle and Kaliche Osimile will be the left guard with Austin Ryder in the middle. Um, by the way, folks, that is, I mean, camp's over. I can say this now. That's never changed. Like that. That that is what they went into camp with. I think they're wise to say this group has to take as many reps as possible. And so that's the mm-hmm. offensive line. Uh, we're going to really find out how, you know, I think obviously uh, Andrew Wiley's healthy. He was not healthy last year, uh, he struggled. Um, he eventually lost his starting spot. So I think the person that you circle the most on that offensive line is Andrew Wiley because mm-hmm. you do want to see okay, can he get more consistent if he stays healthy? With another year, you know, in the system, knowing the protection calls, sort of having better experience uh, on the field and what it takes to be successful. So, so you know, put a little, put a little circle next to Andrew Wiley if you're, if you're at home like me with an eighty-man roster sheet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I heard you I heard you realize how ridiculous that was mid sentence.
1: <laughs> now, some people will say, you know, oh, it's a little surprising. Maybe Nate was the first to like put this out there. You know, I mean, well I want to see it on opening night. Folks, um, it's Clyde Edwards Alaire to start, and it's Daryl Williams mm-hmm. as the second running back. Um Love to see it. I I yeah, because Josh was Josh was high on Daryl. From the get go, he's been faithful and he has now been rewarded. Be faithful. Um, Amen. So, you know, BNM has been really high under Daryl Williams. I think there's a chance for him to even get as many carries on opening night as Clyde Edwards O'Leary, just because hmm, this is the, this is, we all have to remember, this is Clyde's first NFL action of any kind. So, mm-hmm. smooth it into him. Make it smooth. Make it easy. Um, When it's like a third and 10, he running routes. Like, maybe there's a two running back set, which we all know Ky- uh, Seth Kaiser wants. Maybe there's a two running back set on third and 10, and Daryl's the one protecting Patrick, and Clyde's the one running the route. Now, my father, uh, the Honorable Michael Taylor, has made a point that his prediction for the first play in the 2020 running back campaign on offense is Clyde Edwards running some deep route against god help whoever yeah. the linebacker is
0: for the Houston I, Texans I like that call
1: because <laughs> we were on the phone this week and he's like no 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 they're not going to hand the ball off to Clyde to get him you know get Him into a rhythm, get him into the game to get him started. Now, Andy's gonna like split him wide and do something ridiculous and throw him Have Patrick, mm-hmm. throw him the football. So that's my father's prediction. And I, I'm interested to see if you want to send us something on Twitter as to what your first play prediction is. By all means, send it to me, Josh, I like that. and Seth. Um, but those are your two running backs. Um, I think. Darwin and DeAndre will mostly be special teams players and spot start guys or spot, you know, relief, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's clear that Chad Haney is the back quarterback. Just keep that in mind. Um, what else you want to know, Josh? Talk to me about tight ends. I want to know about tight ends. I want to know who's the tight end to right now. Well, when you may listen to this either later in the week or, um, yeah, maybe later in the week or just whenever you do, because um, my lovely friend Josh has set me up. Because this person is going to be written in The Athletic this week. It is Nick Kaiser, folks. Let's
0: go, Nick Kaiser! Training camp storyline!
1: It's Nick Kaiser. Again, have you heard the name Nick Kaiser, young Good. sir, wonderful lady? I sure have. Um, now, he was on the practice squad it. all of last year, uh, so he knows the system that gives him an edge. Dion Yelder has been hurt all of training camp. Um, Ricky Seals Jones had a minor injury. He's still learning the offense. He's still rounding in the shape. Again, for my roster projections. Close your ears, Deion Yelders family. Um <laughs> <laughs> I know how hard this is.
0: That's so disrespectful. I think it got
1: me as, as, I think as of right now, it's Travis Kelsey, of course, Nick Kaiser, and probably Ricky Seals Jones. I just I, I Dianne, I think D- that makes sense. Deion, again, here goes my Stephen A. impression. Deion is, a, and this is, these are legitimate words while I'm saying a, an impression. But like, I, I love Deion. Wonderful human being. Very smart. A nice quote when you get him every now and then. Enjoyed success. Like played in the Super Bowl. Did a really good job on special teams. Like, you know, not the greatest blocker, but a but an adequate football player. Who may not make the roster because, unfortunately, he had an injury that kind of screwed up his training camp in a time where we don't have preseason games. Um, yeah, There's no reason for them to keep four tight ends, let alone three almost. But, like, you know, Dave Tobe is in the mix because he uh, sort of sets the back end of the roster. He likes tight ends who play special teams. This kind of leads one to believe that, like... I don't
0: know. I'm just
1: just be aware for Dion
0: Yelder. um moving on Josh <laughs> um let's give me give me something defensively oh who's uh give me give me this who do you like because we'll also do like a full we're gonna do a roster show basically um later this yes week. we're on that two a week schedule so we're gonna really we're really really gonna get in on this later but give me who you think starts at corner in Bashad Breland's spot what what what's the best what's the best bet on on how they handle that?
1: That's a really good question, and I honestly don't have the answer because I don't think Stu Spagnuolo has the answer just yet. Um, (laughs) I think they're going to stretch this out as long as possible. Uh, Even past, like, the once we know who the 53 are, I think they're still going to tinker with it during game week practices. Um, My best guess right now, and I'm not – it's not like I'm not confident in the player. I'm just not confident in, like, my prediction here. Uh, I would probably give preference to Antonio Hamilton – just because he has played in the league. He did a pretty good job in the season finale last year for the New York Giants as a starter on the cornerback on the on the outside. And I'm assuming you're saying on the outside, like where Rashad usually is. Yeah. And then I would assume yeah. that Rashad Fitton would be the slot nickel um position there, with obviously Trevarius on the other side. So I I want to say Antonio Hamilton, but like I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure, Uh, and I don't think they're sure. And even if, like, whoever starts, do they finish the game? Because, like, Steve Spagnuolo is very clear, at least lately, to say, like, hey, like, you know, I can try a bunch of different things and probably get away with it because I have tired Matthew. Um, But, yeah, who knows um, who plays on the outside, but I would say Antonio Hamilton for right now has maybe an inside track on it.
0: I was really, I enjoyed hearing him talk uh, yesterday, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, on Monday. Um, his press conference was interesting. Like, he even kind of got into, like, w- how the the Chiefs are able to, the Chiefs defense is able to get very game-like reps. And I believe him. He didn't have to, there's no reason to lie about this. Right. Um, he wasn't like, hey, is Andy Reid giving you game reps? He's was like, no, was like, he just, uh, you guys kind of asked about the speed of it and everything. And... and the the offense moves so quickly and does so much that he was talking about how he he has time so this specific little like section of it really stood out to me so I've got time to get into a spot make a mistake in that spot fix the mistake in that spot and then put the positive snap on tape in that spot because we get so many reps and I just thought that was like a fascinating a positive reminder that that there like that there is a process of making a mistake and then it's just about can you actually fix it or not and and that he feels like that the defense is getting plenty of opportunity to do that yeah
1: no i i think that's i think all of that is really really fascinating um so that if he does play a good amount of snaps on opening night um you know we'll we'll, we'll see you know does he match up a couple times against Will Fuller who knows you know so it'll it'll be interesting to see like how their camp prepared the defense in a time where like, you just have no, you have no tape of like, you have no reason tape, I should say of people like live tackling another opponent, you know? So, or like covering Mm -hmm. another real human being who runs wilds for another team. So, um, yeah, all of that is, is interesting, but again, go on YouTube. If you really care about this team, watch the whole hour 30. Mm -hmm. It's, it's wild. There was one team that was in Dallas I don't even know if I can say their name because they didn't have numbers on guys' jerseys. <laughs> for a, yeah, for right. practice that was publicly yeah. consumed. <laughs> like, shout out to Mike McCarthy. It was a professional
0: football <laughs> team that plays in Dallas who's, that's coached by Mike McCarthy. I won't say anything else because I don't want to be on the wrong side of that particular
1: interaction. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCarthy was like, take the names off the jerseys. Hell, take the numbers off the jerseys too. They ain't gonna know who we are. But- Offices in it's white, defenses in blue. Wait, what, Coach?
0: <laughs> what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Coach! Are you sure, coach? coach. Take the, get the quarterbacks are just wearing normal jerseys. Hit them. I don't care. What, what? Coach? Coach! Are you sure? Meanwhile, Andy's like, I mean, sure,
1: if you guys would have put the entire practice on tape... <laughs> All 11 guys right. with names on the back of their jerseys with jersey numbers. Sure, I don't care. All of this is vanilla and we still going to be out here scoring, I don't know, a billion points this year cuz nothing that's on this tape will you see on Sunday, like you just or excuse me on opening night. But it is it is hilarious to me the philosophy of like, "Hey, I'm a new coach. I got I got a pretty good team in Dallas. I don't want anybody to know who Ezekiel Elliott is in on this practice tape, even right. though you know exactly how Ezekiel Elliott looks like because he's in a masky man. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Andy Reid me no bleeps and just being like, "Hey, uh, here's the starting defense. Here's the starting offense. Clap for us. We're gonna go through some some light drills and uh, see you on opening night."
0: <laughs> so good. Um. We, this, you know what? This is where the show ends. We're not going to jump from here to, to talking about what the Chiefs may or may not do before, during, or after the National Anthem on opening night. Here's what I'll tell you. Nate wrote about it. it it's an excellent, uh, if you want to, like, catch up on, on where the Chiefs may be on on some form of, of protest around the the first game, there's going to be, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, Nate. Something's going to happen. There's going to be something. Everyone's pretty much confirmed there's going to be something And uh, I'll cross-promote out to the radio a little bit. Last night, I talked a little bit about Clark Hunt's comments. And one thing I thought, he kind of got a little bit, uh, not, something that I think he got wrong, basically. Um, And we don't really have time to talk about that tonight. Frankly, maybe we'll talk about it uh, whenever we, we catch up again later this week, depending on kind of where things are at. But... Um, I guess real quick, if you want, Nate, is there anything that you would you would uh, add or or tweak in regards to that? Or do you want to just have people go check out your story uh, up on The Athletic, which you can subscribe to 40 percent off your first year at theathletic.com slash times ours? Thank you,
1: Josh. And no, I mean, the, the story is written and presented in a way that I hope everybody kind of understands. But um, I think the story, one of the reasons why I wrote it is to like prepare people to like like if something happens. Um, before kickoff, like don't be surprised. Like this is something that has been discussed for weeks, and now into the month, mm-hmm. discussion, and it seems to be that there, whatever the team does, there'll be real unity from front office, coaching staff, and players. So just keep that in mind if you do see something on opening night and uh, beyond. Right? I mean, that you, I mean, guys yeah. can. Uh, decide to demonstrate in one way or another, you know, opening night and into week two when they're in Los Angeles, and maybe even into week three in Baltimore. So, um, you know, it's my job to inform our, our subscribers, who obviously I, I value immensely, as best I can as to like what's going on with the team. And this is just something that has been internally discussed. Uh, the team has been really clear about like not giving me specifics as to like what they're doing, both publicly and privately. And I and I I. Mm-hmm. Honestly, respect that. Um, it's it's their decision if they choose to do something. And so it's going to be new to all of us. Um, but, yeah, whatever they do, just, like, I just want our readers, our subscribers to understand that, like, this wasn't something that was done um, in a rush. You know, this, like, yeah. the Chiefs have the benefit of having time to really think this through and consider everybody's sort of opinions and then coming together as one versus like what occurred in the NBA where like, you know, there's, there's games and there's a schedule and, and, and life, you know, kind of life carries on folks. Um, so that's all I want to say on it. Um, and you know, Bill O'Brien in Houston, Texas may do something too. Uh, I think that also needs to be acknowledged as well. Um, yeah. and shout out to our guy Aaron Reese who covers them. You should look at the stuff he's written about with, you know, with what some of those players are doing, whether that's J.J. Watt, or Kenny Steals, like it's you know, it's 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 going to be a subplot of Opening Night, and so we'll just we'll just keep that in mind. But uh, thank you for subscribing. Um, sorry, I yelled at you about Ezekiel Elliott um, being easily identifiable <laughs> in a practice where players aren't supposed to be easily identifiable. But hey, you know, okay. um, you, you've you've listened to the show before. I mean, hey, this is this is. This is what we do. I, um, this
0: isn't new. This
1: is what we do. This is not new
0: for you. Uh, thank you, Josh. <laughs> You're so welcome. So that will do oh, it for way, today's episode. By the episode. way, this is in real... Oh, yes. oh God, here We're we go. This is movie.
1: in real time. Um, our buddy Therese Paler from Yahoo is reporting that, yes, folks, as I mentioned literally on this podcast, Andy Reid, going to be one of the highest paid coaches.
0: <laughs> I'll yep. let you... Oh, also... yes. Uh, we're, we're 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 supposedly going to see the Chief Super Bowl rings today. They may be out by the time you hear oh, this. Yes. We have not yet seen them. So Nate, uh, let's let's hear. It. Let's go ahead and just do. Let's pretend that we just saw them. Here's a, here are our reactions to the Chief Super Bowl rings. Wow, that's a that's a big ring. Go ahead, Nate. Your turn. <sighs> he must really love you, girl. Damn,
1: that's those are some big rocks. I mean, just. I, I gotta go to the. I gotta go to the eye doctor. I can't even see straight right now. I mean,
0: well, where am I?
1: I'll
0: tell you what. If they wanted to send us one, we did a lot of great work. Last, I, just, you know what? If they brought one to my house, I'd sure, I'd sure take it, man. I wouldn't turn them away at the door. <laughs> all I got
1: was a Red Friday Championship flag that you can purchase at
0: McDonald's on Red Wednesday. That's all I got. Boy, I sure hope there aren't any typos in theirs like the Washington Nationals put into theirs. That would really bum me out, huh?
1: Girl, did he take you to did he go to Jared? Did he get did he get Jared to come on through? <laughs> he got Jared to come on through. Look at this. Did he go to Diamonds Jared Direct? Who did you who did you like more? Diamonds Direct, Jared, don't don't say the other companies. Don't. Don't. Yeah. Girl, he, he I don't did know if you, anybody he did I you know right.
0: if we got a diamond. I don't know if we got a diamond sponsor. I don't know if we got a diamond sponsor coming on the show, but uh I got hold on. I got. I'm a, hold on, hold on. I, I can find. Hold on. I'm really gonna have this. I'm really gonna have an answer for you. I don't know if we've got any diamond companies that want to sponsor the show, but I am a. Uh, I would say I'm probably a size. Let's go. Let's say nine. Um, or if I'm a, you know, gonna go like middle finger, I think I like could ten, ten and a half. I'll go ahead and you can. I'll give you my address off the air. All I'm saying is, it, I bet. I bet the rings are good. Is my guess.
1: Y- y- all, all I'm saying is, how, how many diamonds are we talking about? <laughs>
0: Oh, do you have a guess? Is there a How guess? Many diamonds?
1: Uh I mean it's gotta be fifty-four, right? I mean, that's just the immediate number that comes to mind, but
0: I don't know if that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was the what was the uh the split for Texans Chiefs? Was it what was it, what were they was it twenty four to nothing? Oh yes,
1: yes, it was twenty four nothing, early second quarter. If
0: if it if they do two hundred and forty or some reference to that, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> I'm, you're gonna find me unconscious <laughs> if they do anything that throws some form of subtle shade. What if it's not, to, uh, to? What technology? if
1: it's not even a ring? What if it's like one of those like knuckle brass rings where it's like it goes over oh, multiple yeah. fingers? That way you can have two hundred and forty diamonds <laughs> spread across three fingers. That's
0: perfect. <laughs> how many diamonds in Nationals ring? I'm gonna see if I can get like a. Do you, how many do you think are in the Nationals ring? Uh, I don't want to Google this, but I don't know. Uh, uh,
1: I'll just say even fifty.
0: One hundred and seventy. Oh lord!
1: I clearly don't How know about rings. Even? I clearly don't know a thing about.
0: <laughs> I'm looking it. at it and well, I'm like trying to count, I'm, and I'm like that seems like maybe fifty. Let me clarify. Eight years ago, I
1: had I had a decent knowledge of rings because you know, I I handled my business for my immaculate wife. Now, in terms of championship rings, I got no expertise, no knowledge. So, I mean, yeah, you might be right, Josh. Let's put it let's put the over under at 240. <laughs> oh,
0: 240 would be so funny. Oh my goodness. I'm excited. I mean, anyway, I mean I mean I've seen it and there are 240 and it sure is shiny and also also I just need them to not make a a typographical error like the nationals did the the bottom of the nationals ring if you don't know says go one and zero every day but every day is one word and right there it should definitely say every space day and if the chiefs have a typo on their first super bowl rings in 50 years i'm gonna be very i'm gonna be very (laughs) bummed for them so don't don't do that all right, that does it. That's the show. We did it. Uh, if you are not subscribed to The Athletic yet, theathletic.com slash times And we're doing two shows a week again. So you can follow all of us on Twitter and tweet us what you'd like to hear us talk about. If there's something you go, uh, you know what, I'm not sure if they're going to talk about Antonio Hamilton if, we don't, if I don't want to ask. Go ahead and tweet us. Use the hashtag times or time sours, and uh, we can see it all there. Handle your business. Don't let things turn into Zeke Elliott's haircut. Get 240 diamonds. I don't know. I think that's the end of the show. Nate, you have anything else?
1: Everybody go... Find Seth's Twitter account and Mm -hmm. tell them how they, just tell him how you found your way to pay dirt.
0: Oh, that's good. (laughs) That's good. That can be the end. I like that.